Let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we come to you with thankful hearts this morning. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your will for our lives. Thank you for uh, the fellowship that we have in you. We submit ourselves to you this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit be here with us. Um, I pray over the words uh, of my mouth and the meditations of our heart. Um, they will be pleasing in your, your sight, that we will be a holy people. We love you. Amen. Amen. My name is Joshua Paxson. I've got a, a wife named Sarah. I've got a little boy named Henry. He's two years old. And this has been a rough week in the Paxson household. Um... Everybody's been sick. We've had a, a house full of sick people. And so it started with Henry. Like it, u- it usually starts with kids, it seems like. They have all kinds of like little grimy diseases. And, um, so Henry was sick. And so uh, it was hard because we weren't sure exactly what was going on with Henry because he was running a fever, of a high fever, like 103. And he would wake up in the middle of the night. Um, and and you, I go and get him and... He would come and sleep in the bed with us. So he's normally got his own like crib that he sleeps in, and um, it's hard sleeping with a two-year-old. Um, have any of you guys experienced this? This. So, so you guys can relate a little bit. If you haven't done it yet, you will eventually, probably. Um, so the next question is: Has anybody ever been kicked in the face by a two-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Um, so Henry does this thing. So like when we when we're in the bed, it's like uh, Sarah's sleeping here and I'm sleeping next to her. And then Henry he starts out right here, right? He's like three feet long, and he starts out right here. And then within half an hour, he's like wiggled perpendicular to me. He's like laying across my face. I don't know how he does it. Why? It doesn't seem comfortable to me. Um, so he's laying across my face, and so I'm like I don't want to wake him up because I want him to, to sleep and beat this thing. So then he like wiggles across me and he's like now I'm in between Sarah. So he's like nuzzling up to Sarah like all sweet and then I get the feet. Right? So he's like he's, like, he's just like kicking me in the face the whole night. Um, so that happened for like three nights in a row. So, so I um, I've been through a, a bout of domestic abuse. Um and I don't have a real clear segue between face kicking and, and the message this morning. Um, but I wanted to loosen up by, by telling a funny story. Um, so uh, I'm going to be preaching out of Galatians 5 this morning. So if you guys have Bibles or, or phones, if you want to meet me there in a little bit, we're going to be out of Galatians 5. Um, and it's cool because right now we are we are kind of talking through the Holy Spirit as a church. Matt's been doing that, and um, Maggie and Allison, and um, I'm going to be, be talking about the Holy Spirit this morning too. Um, but it's really exciting because we get to press into to probably the, the least understood part of the Trinity as, as Americans. Um, it's like we've got the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and it's like, he's like is he a cloud or is he he's a person? Um, so, so it's cool because we get to press into that, and I'm going to talk specifically this morning about how we relate to the Holy Spirit. Um, so, 
Um, out of Galatians uh, 5, basically I'm going to be talking about the act of submission as it relates to the Holy Spirit, how, how we relate to Him and, and what, it, what submission might look like. And I feel like I've got to preface and kind of pad this word submission because um, it, submission has been abused as, as, a, as a word and as an action both within the church and without. Um, and so I guess I want to acknowledge that, that some, some of you guys might carry some baggage talking about submission, and I want to be sensitive to that. Um, because, because submission has, has historically and still to this day has been used in a very twisted way. It's been, it's been used to justify all kinds of stuff. Um, abuses of power, um, forced, forced dominance in marriages, um, oppression, like like in our, in our country, dating back to slavery, like slave, slave owners justified owning slaves out of the Bible, right? Um, out of the out of, basically out of the words of submission, um, and this and it's twisted. And so I I want to acknowledge that, but I also want to invite you to kind of to press into this with me, um, talking about submission, um, because I think. I think Scripture has a lot to say about it, um, and specifically Paul in, in Galatians. Um, but I want to say a couple of baselines kind of before we, we get into the, the Scripture. And the first thing is basically just to kind of talk about what submission actually is. Simply, Submission is the yielding of yourself to someone else, usually based on authority. Submission is the yielding of yourself to someone else based on authority. And it's important to remember, and, and this is crucial um, when we talk about submission within the context of the Bible and, and God's relationship to us, is that submission is always born out of a loving relationship. If it is anything else, it is not submission. It's something else. It's coercion or it's manipulation or it's obligation. Submission is always born out of a loving relationship. Um, and so I'm trying to be relevant um, and, and talking about submission, so like so for you guys who, um, you guys probably know what this what what like hashtags are, right? Yeah. Anybody? All right. So hashtag um, submission is always born out of a loving relationship. You can go and post that on your uh, face tweet. Um, so let's get into this. Let's get into the, the meat here. Um, this is Paul. So this is Paul in his letter to the church in Galatia. Um, and I'm going to be starting in chapter 5, verses 16, and going through 25. So bear with me. I'm going to read here for a little bit. Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But 
The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul is really good at packing a lot in a little bit. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reemphasize a couple of points that Paul makes uh, in these verses. And the first is that there is, there is a really clear distinction between the flesh and the spirit. And he, and he talks about it in the, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit and then the outworkings of the flesh and the outworkings of the spirit. Um, and it's, it's not just that they are different, but it's that they are opposed to one another. They are against one another. It's not like it's not a both and relationship. They can't exist in, in, in communion with each other. And Paul Paul lays this out really clearly. Um, and he draws clear lines between living in the spirit and living in the flesh. Um, between the fleshly desires and the desires of the flesh. Um, so there's there's distinction. That, I guess that's what I wanted to, to emphasize here. There's this there's distinction. It's not a both and. It's it's living in the flesh or living in the spirit. They are at, at enmity with each other. And and the second thing I want to want to talk about here is is the language that Paul uses in our relationship. He, he uses these this relational language, um, which is what I want to get out now. Um, so so let me let me emphasize this, this relational language. He says, um, as, as relational as in like us relating to the Spirit. He says, walk by the Spirit. I'm just going to highlight these as, as, as he says. And he says, walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, and keep in step with the Spirit. And he uses these throughout, throughout all of his letters. This isn't just specific to the Galatians. That Paul keeps emphasizing this again and again. Walk in the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, and keep in step with the Spirit. So as I was pressing into this, like I, I kept reading this, and it, seemed like, it seems like this is dancing language. Like, does, it, does, anybody, does anybody dance? I'm not talking about like twerking, right? Um, I'm, talk, I'm talking about kind of your, your traditional, your traditional dancing where you have a partner, where there's, where there's two people, there's a lead and a, a follower. Does anybody, anybody, anybody dance? Nobody. I know Chris Clark can can cut. Well, he used to be able before he got old, but. Um, <laughs> older, right? Um, but this, this is dancing language, and, and that's what I want to press into right now. So press in with me. Um, so, so for me, kind of my context of, of dancing is not twerking, and I'm not going to demonstrate. I know um, that's where your mind is at. But um, I spent some time up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's where I went to, I went to college up there, and I met, I met Sarah up there, my wife. And there's a, kind of a traditional style of dancing up there called contra dancing. Does, does anybody know what that is? No? So, a couple of people. All right. Um, so, um, 
Contra dancing is, is like a combination of square dancing and swing dancing. Um, you've got you've got like a six-piece string band up at the front, and they're they're picking and playing and grinning. And you've got a caller up on the stump, and she's calling out calling out the dance. Um, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And so we so like so Mike, I we would go dancing almost every week um, when I was in college, and we would drive out. Uh, so Boone is a town in the mountains, and we would drive out to this little old stone schoolhouse. It was called the Cove Creek School. This old, I mean, it was like Doc Watson like went to school there. Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Um, but anyway, so we, we would go out, we'd dance there uh, in this old gymnasium, and, and we would, um, we would, we would dance till probably midnight. Uh, dances were usually like three hours, and um, we go out and we and we dance, and there there'd be two intermissions in between each in the the contra dance segments. And in the intermissions, they play a waltz. Um, and so I learned how to waltz. And and learning learning how to dance is very hard, especially if you're not prone to it. Some people are really prone to dance, and some people aren't. Um, but but what I'm trying to get at here is is like in a, in a waltz, there's a leader and there's a follower. If two people are trying to lead. Then, then the dance doesn't work. You're, you're always pushing against each other. Um, and so I would say this. Paul, in his language and his relation to the Holy Spirit, is, is to be led and to keep in step. And to keep in step means to follow. Just so, so in a dance, um, to keep in step means that you are, you're following the lead of, of another person. You're following the lead of your partner. Um, and when you're first learning to dance, it feels unnatural and awkward and difficult. But as you learn the steps, it flows. And you're not always, you're not always thinking about your feet. When you're first starting, you're thinking about your feet. You're trying not to step on the person that you're dancing with. But, but as you learn, it flows, and you concentrate less on your feet and more on moving in unison with your partner. And the more you dance with the same partner, the more you understand how they lead. And the more you trust that they will lead you well. This is what submitting to the Holy Spirit is like. It is like a dance. At first, it may feel rigid and unnatural and foreign. And you're always thinking about your feet. You're always thinking about, how do I do this? But the more that you yield, the more that you keep in step, the more the dance becomes natural and beautiful. So we relate to the Holy Spirit like a dance. And keeping in step with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit is an act of submission, of yielding out of confidence that the Spirit knows what he is doing and that he knows the steps to the dance and that all you have to do is submit and take his hand. So, so what? Um, so, so, in Galatians 5, Paul's talking about submission to the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a lot of things, but I'm, I'm intentionally pressing on, on this relationship to the Spirit. So submitting to the Holy Spirit is like a dance, and that sounds nice, but in the context of our circumstance, it doesn't always feel that way. 
Because Paul, Paul contrasts living in the flesh and living in the spirit intentionally. And sometimes in the midst of our situation, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a choice. It doesn't feel like, like an invitation. It feels like, it feels like you're stuck. Like, like, like maybe your f- family is, is crazy. Right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you've got a lot of stuff going on in your family that you would just soon not talk about or just forget altogether. All or maybe you're the crazy one in your family because you talk about Jesus all the time. Or maybe, or maybe you've been sick for a long time. Or maybe you've got a kid who's sick right now. Or maybe, maybe you're about to lose your job or you're wondering where your next paycheck is going to come from. Or maybe you've been stuck there for 50 years and you're just waiting for whatever's next. It, it feels like treachery, and it feels, uh, it feels hard because it, it is circumstance. But what, what I want to suggest is that through submission to the Holy Spirit, through, through, the, response, through, through the response to an invitation to dance, what we have is confidence. Paul, Paul says it like, he's, he calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Love and kindness and gentleness and self-control and peace and patience. This is, this is the overflow. The fruit of the Spirit is the overflow of a dance in the middle of our circumstance. It is, it is not that, that circumstances don't happen in our lives because there's, there's lots of stuff that's out of our control. But it, it's, the, it's the confidence that you have in the midst of that circumstance. That, that is the, the, the deeper joy, the deeper patience. That is what, what distinguishes um, that, that is what distinguishes us in the midst of a circumstance is how, how we respond to it. So let me let me recap a couple of things. Um, so s- submission is yielding to the authority of someone else. I mentioned that earlier. And, and I said that submission is always born out of a loving relationship. And we see that and if we relate to the Holy Spirit as if we are dancing, that we are to be led and we are to keep in step with the Spirit. And in so doing, we will overcome the world. And this would be my challenge in talking about this. Um... Who will you submit to? Who will we submit to? Um, who, who will you dance with? Um, Paul, make, Paul makes the clear distinction. He says there's, there's a, the distinction between the flesh and its desires and the spirit and its desires. Because the reality is you can dance with the flesh just like you can dance with the spirit. Right, you can you can take that other hand, and you you can you can dance in more than one way. Um, and Paul is clear as to where it leads, and a lot of us know how it feels to to, to dance that way, because it it's death and destruction. And and kind of the point I want to end with is that um, submission is a choice. But it's not a choice of, of initiation. Like I, right now in our, in our culture, we, we think a lot about like 
you know, autonomy and free choice, like we as, we as independent agents in, in, this, uh, in, this, in this society, that where we, we value choice, right? But, but the way that the Spirit works, the way that dancing with the Spirit works, is not that kind of choice. It's a response. We, we, we are not the initiators. We are the responders. The choice, so the choice is ours in how we respond, not in that we, we present ourselves to God as a, as a worthy vessel. Um, because it, it feels like that sometimes. Um, talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like lots of times we feel like we've got to clean ourselves up. We've got to make all these good choices, and we've got to have everything figured out. And then the Holy Spirit will, will say, well, the, that, that guy's ready for me, right? Or that, that, that woman's got it figured out. Now I'll go and I'll dwell with him. But that's not the way God works. God says all you have to do is turn your heart. It's a heart posture. That's all it is. And Paul ends with this in Galatians 5. Um, He says, I'll, I'll talk about the fruit one more time. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And th- all those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's his, that's his will for us. It's, it's not cohabitation with with flesh and spirit is that we submit to the spirit and through doing that the flesh is crucified it, it's it's violent it's it's not it's not just scrubbed clean and and made holy it, it's put to death so so let me leave you let me leave you with that and, and thinking about submission to the holy spirit as a dance as a response to an invitation, as to keeping in step, my question is, is what, what does that look like for you? What does submission to, to his, his invitation look like in your life? My prayer is that maybe you respond by keeping in step, by, by allowing him to lead, because that's what he wants to do. Amen. All right, so in talking about submission uh, to the Holy Spirit, uh, we're going to move into a time of communion and breaking bread together. And Maggie, if you want to want to come on, um, what what communion is? What the Eucharist and the Lord's table? What what the reason this is significant is because it, it is another act of submission on on our part. It it, it is a unifying uh, act in our fellowship. Um, with Christ. Um, but there's nothing that we can do that is not of the Holy Spirit. And so, so taking communion together, um, this, is, this is an act of submission. And, and I would invite you to, to think about that and, and to, to rest on that in your heart, that this is, this is an act of submission. This is an act of yielding. Um, this is not an act of, I'm, I'm good enough, or, or I've got it figured out. This is an act of submission saying, um, Lord, I'm taking your hand. Lord, I want to dance with you. That's, that's what this is about. Um, so, 
as we, as we break bread together, um, I, I would just invite you to, to think about that, that this is, this is, a, this is a, coming in and participating in this is, is a reality, um, and, and it's, a, it's a heart facing. So come with your hearts facing in that direction.